Hi, I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the TD Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 25, and it's all about cravings. In last week's episode, we talked about stress and how it impacts um, our food choices and what sounds good because we have all this adrenaline in our body and it affects what we want to eat and with all the emotions that accompany stress, it affects our choices as well. So today I'm gonna talk about cravings and I'll talk about emotional cravings And then I'll talk about types of cravings like sugar cravings, salt cravings, um, and caffeine cravings. So let's dive in. Cravings are really tough when we get them. They're hard to resist and say no to. And especially if it's something that we're craving that's unhealthy, that's really hard to resist. And cravings, they're not really straightforward. They sort of have their own language and we need to figure out how to translate it because we may think we know where this craving is coming from, but odds are we probably don't. And typically, our cravings are a message from our bodies telling us what we really need at that time. But this isn't always the case. Our bodies can have cravings not based on our body actually needing something physically, uh, but as a symptom of a deeper issue. So whether it's an emotional thing that's present or maybe it's just an addiction and our body's just used to getting it so it thinks it wants it, but it really doesn't. Our minds and even our bodies have been conditioned from constant presence of advertisements about food, false nutrition information, social eating situations, and routinely eating unhealthy snacks and meals. So it's very easy to lose touch on how to properly feed our bodies when we're constantly seeing, you know, commercials for unhealthy food choices, you know, and even like billboards when we're out and about for unhealthy food choices. And and social eating situations can also influence um, our cravings as well. You know, if you're by yourself, it's probably easier to make healthy choices for, versus if you're with a group of friends, it might be easier to say, oh yes, let's stop and get some fast food or let's get some ice cream. But not letting yourself give into, and I don't want to say peer pressure because it's not like you're with people who are maybe saying, yeah, just get some ice cream or just get the fries. But it is almost easier when you see people you know making unhealthy choices to rationalize it in your mind that, oh, well, my friends are doing it or my family's doing it, so I'm going to eat it too. So you also want to recognize that and don't rationalize that and just know they can choose to eat this if they want to and it's not going to serve me. It's not going to make me feel good and I know I'm just craving it because I'm with them and I'll pass. Like, that's okay to do. I mean, you can get what they're having that's fine too but i'm just saying if you really want to manage your cravings just recognize that you're rationalizing in your head that the only reason you're going to get it is because you're with people who are going to eat something unhealthy so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about emotional cravings the number one reason for cravings is whatever is going on with us emotionally at that time eating when you're feeling certain emotions is not a bad thing. 
but it's the foods that we often tend to reach for that are the problem the traditional comfort food options. And I touched on this in last week's episode, you know, things like fried foods or mac and cheese or greasy foods or some sort of baked good. These traditional comfort foods are not going to help any of the emotions that you're feeling. And so I'm gonna use a little example as to like our emotions and picking an unhealthy choice. So let's say that you're unhappy at work, so you've been applying to a bunch of different places to change jobs, and in the middle of your morning, you get a response from the place that you were really hoping hoping to work for, it was your first choice, and you got an email that you've been rejected. And then when you go to take your lunch in an hour or so, you're craving a hamburger and fries. So you're thinking that You know, this, you're probably craving this because your body needs iron, the iron from the meat for strength. And that's why this sounds good. The hamburger isn't going to make your situation any better. What the burger and fries are really going to do is make you sluggish and sleepy all afternoon from its high fat content. The high fat content is also going to slow your brain down, making you less productive at work and even make you feel more depressed about your situation. So the better question to ask yourself instead of why am I craving this is what were you looking to get from your lunch that day given your emotions at that time? A better option for lunch instead of a burger and fries would have been something like fruit. And this is because fruit is not only hydrating, but it provides instant fuel and energy to our brains and bodies. Our brains thrive on natural sugar, so fruit is perfect because it's a natural pick-me-up making you feel better rather than bringing you down like a high-fat meal would do, making you feel more depressed. So high-fat meals, which are typically traditional comfort food meals that that are like the go-tos in our head, those are all high in fat. So they're going to make you feel more depressed about your situation because you're going to get sluggish and just not feel good versus eating something like fruit or something with natural sugar. That's going to boost you up and boost your brain and your energy. So you're actually going to feel better and you might not feel as sad about your situation. And you can apply this to so many different situations. And even if you just wake up one day and you're having a down day and you don't really know why, but that should be a little light bulb in your head to be like, okay, I'm feeling a little low today. Maybe I just need to really load up on my fruit and not have so many fats today and just focus on good, healthy glucose coming in. And that will make you feel better. And you may notice that midway through the day that you are feeling a little better than you did when you woke up. And that's because you are providing your body with the right nutrients to boost your brain instead of bringing it down, making it more depressed. Now let's talk about types of cravings. So first we're gonna start with sugar cravings because this is the most common craving that we experience is a craving for sweets. It is so common for us first thing in the morning or after an upsetting day or when our energy dips in the afternoon to reach for something like a donut, candy, or pizza. This scenario is our brain's way of telling us something biological, that it is exhausted and it needs support, which comes from food, specifically sugar. 
And this isn't bad that our brain is asking for sugar because our brains function on glucose, which glucose is what sugar turns into in our body. However, you just need to make sure that you're fulfilling that craving with natural, unprocessed sugar. So you want it to be natural sugar and not processed. That's the sugar that our brain is really craving, not processed sugar. So not the sugar in donuts or candy or pizza. So this, the natural sugar I'm talking about includes fruits, potatoes, vegetables, raw honey, and 100% pure maple syrup. So I've mentioned before that when buying maple syrup or if you're at a restaurant, you need to make sure that you find out or read the label that it's 100% pure maple syrup because there is a lot of maple syrup out there that is just high fructose corn syrup with food coloring in it to look like maple syrup. And so you need to read the label because that is unhealthy, the not real maple syrup. But the 100% pure is great and super healthy for you. And in fact, I just found that Williams-Sonoma carries uh, pumpkin pie maple syrup. And when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this probably, what ingredient does this have that I shouldn't buy it? So I was reading the ingredients label and it has only two ingredients and that's 100% pure maple syrup and pumpkin pie spice. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to buy it. So I bought like three bottles and I'm super excited to make like a little latte out of it or something. But okay, off track a little bit. So the reason why our brain craves glucose is because glucose cools down our brains, especially if we're like thinking really hard or have been really busy, whether it's studying all day or in class all day, or you're in meetings all day for work or staring at our screens, typing away, whether it's for work or homework. Glucose also prevents our brain tissue from scarring when you experience stress or trauma. I discussed stress last week, um, but one part that I didn't mention in the episode was that stress, especially chronic stress, can scar our brain tissue. So you really want to make sure that you're managing your stress because it can scar the brain tissue, but also you can help repair those scars by eating a lot of natural sugar. And trauma does leave physical scars in our bodies so if you have experienced a traumatic event in your life whether it is the death of a loved one uh, or anything that was super devastating that leaves scars on our brain tissue as well and trauma can leave bigger scars than just chronic stress i mean over time chronic stress can leave big scars like trauma scars but trauma scars usually appear um, because trauma happens suddenly and then you know your brain basically is in shock because of what just happened. It cannot process the event yet of what happened. Um, So for example, my dad passed away when I was 14 in a plane crash. And so that was super sudden and very devastating. And I'm sure I have a trauma scar somewhere on my brain tissue from that. I'm sure everyone in my family does. I'm sure my mom does because that was her husband. So these are things that occur on the tissue and your diet can make this scar worse or it can make it better. And so natural glucose can help that. And when dealing with sugar cravings, you wanna make sure that your brain is fueled with an adequate amount of natural sugar. So, you know, a little piece of fruit here and there may not be enough for you. You may need to have larger servings of fruit or any other natural sugar. It doesn't have to just be fruit because potatoes are considered natural sugar and um, vegetables are as well. 
but you would make sure that you have enough because you don't want yourself to be hungry because then you're just still going to keep get keep getting these cravings because you are not eating enough to fulfill that craving. I want to circle back to pizza really quick. You may have thought like, wait a minute, that isn't a high sugar food. Why is she saying pizza? But pizza's sugar content is actually sky high. All the tomato sauce on pizza is usually sweetened with processed sugar like high fructose corn syrup. Plus, the refined flour in the crust is almost uh, almost always has processed sugar like high fructose corn syrup in it as well. And um, dairy, a dairy craving, so you may be wanting pizza because of the cheese on top. So a dairy craving is usually also a craving for sugar. And this is because lactose in dairy is sugar. If you're craving cheese, which is a a craving a lot of us do experience, you need more glucose from natural sugar. So a cheese craving is just a craving for more natural sugar from your body. And another thing about dairy is the lactose is often accompanied by fat um, because there is like natural fat in milk, yes, but the the combination of um, sugar and fat can really tax all of our insulin regulating organs in the body. So just keep that in mind. And some good foods for our brains. So if you really want to be eating snacks that are fueling our brains so that we don't have sugar cravings, um, foods to eat for that would be dates, figs, melons, grapes. And when I say melons, all melons, grapes, citrus fruits, raw honey, and coconut water, preferably not pink coconut water. Next, we're going to talk about caffeine cravings. If you rely on caffeine to start your day or to get through your day, your body is looking for an energy boost and caffeine will only help short term. Caffeine's actually going to cause chronic dehydration in the long run, which leads to migraines that are often mistaken as caffeine withdrawal headaches. So the only reason you would get a migraine if you haven't had your coffee yet is because your body is experiencing chronic dehydration and the constant consumption of coffee, you don't necessarily notice that chronic dehydration because the coffee's coming in and it's almost like numbing it in a way. Um, But when you haven't had your coffee yet, your body can't deny that it's in a state of dehydration. And so you get a headache because all of the nerves going from our brains down our spinal cord get dehydrated, and then it causes a migraine. So you're not getting a migraine because your body says, give me my coffee. You're getting a migraine because your body's like, hey, we're really dehydrated. You need to take care of this. If you do need an energy boost to start your day or to get through your day, you might want to switch to a smoothie in the morning for breakfast and or in the afternoon for a more glucose-rich meal that will really give your body the energy boost it's asking for. And this will also help to wake up your brain as well. And it's going to do all the things that coffee does, but in a much healthier way, and it's going to be much more sustainable as well. And if you need to have two smoothies in a day to replace like the two coffees you would have in a day, that's totally fine. Don't be afraid of having too much sugar. And I'm using air quotes because it's fruit, it's natural sugar, and it's completely different than processed sugar, so you can't really have too much. And if you are someone who is sensitive to changes in blood sugar levels, you might want to add some greens to those smoothies, or if you choose to 
um, the snack on the fruit instead of having it in a smoothie. Just add some celery sticks in with the fruit or some cucumbers or any other leafy green just to help keep you balanced. And I have no problem with enjoying coffee because you like the taste of coffee, but being dependent on coffee to get you through the day is a really dangerous habit. So I do enjoy coffee. I like the taste of it and I I am not dependent on it and it's now something that's kind of a special treat for me and I don't like to have it every day, um, but when I do have it, I'll save it for the afternoon. I try not to have it in the morning because I don't want myself to become dependent on the coffee in the morning to wake up because I used to be. Um, and with my Lyme disease, I realize it's, you know, it's not a healthy habit to have. So I really try to stick to a glucose rich breakfast. Now we're going to talk about cravings when you detox. If you are a person who doesn't eat many fruits and vegetables, and then you decide you're going to start adding in more fresh fruits and vegetables to your diet, your body's going to do some detoxing. Your body's going to start to detox things like toxic heavy metals, pathogens, viral byproducts, which viral byproducts is essentially like waste matter from viral particles living in your body, radiation, chemical buildup, and damage done from unhealthy food choices. When detoxing does start, cravings for comfort foods can come from out of nowhere. They can feel very intense like, okay, maybe just this once I can have it because it's such an intense craving. You feel like I'll just have it one more time. But rather than giving in, this is a great time to take some deep breaths and remind yourself why this is happening and how much better off that your body is going to be once you kind of pass through this stage. And then you're going to want to eat something like dates because dates are high in calories and they have a lot of natural sugar and they will calm down that craving. Intense cravings during a detox just means your body is finally getting an opportunity to flush out a bunch of old gunk, and you certainly wouldn't want to disrupt this process by giving into the craving. So just imagine your body like getting rid of this all this like grime and stuff that's been built up. Like have that mental picture in your head and it'll make you feel better about not giving into the craving. And since I'm talking about detoxing, I want to clarify something. I don't mean any sort of cleanse or detox that may be out there because there's a lot of cleanses and detoxes that are out there. And in any anytime you're like not eating enough, you're going to have cravings. And so many cleanses that you see, you're hungry or you have cravings because you're hungry, because you're not getting enough. And any real detox or cleanse is not going to make you feel hungry. You should not feel hungry when your body is detoxing. That's the last thing you want. If you're not eating enough during a detox, you're not actually detoxing. And I talked about this in a previous episode that the liver won't let go of toxins if you're trying to cleanse or detox too quickly. If you are going to do a cleanse, you need to prepare for the cleanse like a week or two ahead of time. And how to prepare for a cleanse or a detox is you would cut down your fat consumption by 50%. And this includes your healthy fats as well, like nuts, seeds, 
avocados and if you eat meat you would cut down your meat consumption by 50 percent because all animal products contain fat you can't really separate the two so if you're going to do a cleanse or a detox um, that you saw somewhere um, just make sure that you're preparing a couple weeks ahead of time it's not something that it's like oh i had a bad weekend of eating i'm going to do a cleanse tomorrow for the day you're not going to get anything out of it your body's just going to be hungry and you're going to have a ton of cravings and if you did just come off of a weekend of eating really badly the last thing you're going to want to do is do a cleanse that you're not really eating on you are going to benefit much more from eating like fruit and vegetables all day and you will detox from that lastly we have salt cravings if you crave salt all the time you could be lacking mineral salts that are needed by our adrenal glands as well as all the neurotransmitters in our brains you can actually become addicted to salt if you constantly overtax overtax your adrenal glands because this can leave the neurotransmitters craving the mineral salts that protect our adrenal glands Mineral salts are not like refined salts or sea salt or even Himalayan salt. The mineral salts that you're actually craving are found in certain fruits, leafy greens, and vegetables. Mineral salts play a huge role in revitalizing our adrenal glands. So if you suffer from adrenal fatigue, making sure you're getting enough mineral salts is going to be very, very important for you. Celery juice as well as spinach and other leafy greens are just a few of the foods that are really rich in a variety of natural sodium that nourish our bodies. And you know, this doesn't mean you have to cut Himalayan salt or high quality sea salt out of your diet completely. You're going to just use a moderate amount of those, but be sure your diet is filled with foods that are naturally rich in mineral salts like celery juice and the ones that I just mentioned. And Table salt is never healthy to consume, so it's best to avoid that. Um, sea salt is going to be the best salt you can consume, with Himalayan pink salt being the second best. Just be cautious when you buy Himalayan pink salt, because some of it is just colored to look like Himalayan pink salt with toxic preservatives. So really do your research and make sure that you're picking a high quality Himalayan salt when you buy it. But you know, as a safe bet, you could always just get a really good sea salt. The last thing I'm going to talk about is dealing with cravings. To help yourself be prepared for cravings, try to plan your meals ahead of time. Knowing what you're going to eat for dinner or for lunch later is going to be super helpful versus waiting to see what sounds good in that moment. You'll probably pick something that you're craving versus something that is actually going to be healthy for you. You're going to want to make sure that you keep healthy snacks on hand all the time and do actually eat them. You don't want to let yourself get too hungry because it will just uh, make your cravings get more intense. And that's what we're trying to prevent. And you'll want to eat breakfast and make sure that breakfast is high in natural sugar. This will help prevent cravings later in the day. So the breakfast could include, you know, fresh fruit. You can blend it. You could eat it. Um, you could have a more savory breakfast with potatoes and some spinach or something like that. And when you clean up your diet and make healthier choices, you will notice that over time your taste buds will change and therefore your cravings will too. Some cravings you used to have will be totally gone and others may be just easier to manage and say no to. 
Uh, I know that my cravings are so different than they used to be and that I do crave healthy things. Uh, An example of this, I mean, I'm still human. Like I still crave, you know, junk food sometimes. Uh, When I moved, I would be going and going all day, you know, it was stressful. All this adrenaline was going through my body. I would do really good about eating enough in the morning and then all afternoon would go by and I wouldn't have anything but a coffee, which is bad. Um, But in the chaos of moving, it was the only thing that I could get my hands on. And by the end of the day, I was so hungry and what I was craving really was like some steamed potatoes or some homemade french fries with homemade ketchup but i did not have the energy in me to cook those things and wait for them to be ready to eat that i did get takeout and i ended up getting some like greasy thai noodles um which i wasn't necessarily craving but when i like was trying to pick something to get for takeout that's what sounded good but like initially my craving was a healthy craving i just didn't have the energy to make it like if someone wanted to come over and make it for me i would have totally been much happier with homemade fries and ketchup than thai noodles (laughs) but it's really cool to look back and see how your cravings have changed because then you can actually physically see the growth and just know that your cravings won't be like this forever so once you get to that point where you can look back and be like wow like i actually crave things like potatoes or fruit or leafy greens It's really cool and it's rewarding too because you know your body is in this healthy state. And a lot of my clients report back saying that their taste buds and cravings have changed and they are craving more healthier options than they used to. So if you are someone who struggles with cravings and who don't know how to, you know, get yourself out of that and maybe, you know, you want some accountability, so that you don't give in to those cravings, that's a great reason to work with me one-on-one and you know have that support so that you you know aren't tempted to give in because you know you're gonna have to have a session with me and you don't wanna report back that you gave in to your craving. Um, so if you do wanna work with me one-on-one to work on cravings, you can send me an email at tdnutritioncoaching at gmail.com. And thank you for listening as always.